0: Oh, yeah. Guess who's back? That's right. It's Podcasting for Fun and Profit. I'm your host, Leighton Hart, and today we've got an episode I think any of us in the podcasting game can learn a lot from. We're going to be talking with Ann Smith. Ann is the host of a podcast called But Not All at Once. It's a show that's loaded with important conversations, and it gets... A ton of listens, but hey, before we get too far, we're going to get to that in just a second, but I do have a question for you. Dear listener, I'm really curious about how you discover new podcasts to listen to. Since I work in podcasting and listen to tons of podcasts, people often ask me if I have any recommendations, and and when that happens, immediately this weird thing happens where my brain just completely goes blank. It's like I can't even remember what a podcast is is much less what I've listened to lately, or what's really good right now. And then if I ask someone for a recommendation or see something on social media and like, Oh, I need to go check that out. Unless I click over to Apple podcasts or Spotify right then and pull up that new podcast, forget it. Just forget it. It's gone. It's out of my brain. It's never coming back ever, ever. So maybe it's a two part question for you. Number one would be how do you discover new podcasts to listen to? And then two would be, what do you do when someone recommends something to you or you're just you're scrolling on social media and you're like, oh, I probably need to go check that out. That looks like it's up my alley. So jump over to my Instagram, which is at podcast fun and profit. At podcast fun and profit. Leave me a comment on the post that says, How do you discover new podcasts? Because I really want to know. I just want to know, like, what do you actually do? What is your behavior when um, you're trying to look for a new podcast or someone recommends one to you? Hey, also, while I've got you, don't forget that a couple recent episodes have dropped, which I'm 99% sure you'll enjoy. Last week, I posted an episode about how to monetize a podcast. And before that, I published an episode with award-winning travel writer, Leah Lane, about the podcast that she started in her late 70s. It was such a cool interview. She's just an extraordinary lady. All right, let's get to the main event. When I was planning out this podcast, when I was planning out podcasting for fun and profit, I knew right from the bat that I wanted to have Ann Smith on to talk about her show, which is called, but not all at once. Ann's podcast is really unique because she's really good at the dance and and dancing between some real life topics that are a little heavier or more serious and then gliding back over to topics that are really funny and entertaining, uh, you know, in a, in a way that that does that does justice to both. One very special niche I think Anne has carved out is as an encourager for women who are often juggling several different roles, several different commitments, and who want to give their best to everything they do is a fantastic en- encourager for, for those people. In fact, one of the topics Anne often tackles head on and and really gracefully, in my opinion, is she will, you know do a show or an episode or even an Instagram, you know uh, series on her stories about things that people need to stop saying to women. It's all those things that seem like they're coming from a good place but then actually have the potential to be hurtful. Or just land differently than they were intended. We talk about it a little bit in the episode. It's good stuff. So uh, make sure you tune in to this interview. Okay. That's enough intro. Go follow Ann's Instagram, which is at But Not All At Once, at But Not All At Once, and listen to this interview right now with Ann Smith. Hey, Ann, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm glad to be here.
0: Oh, it's such a treat for me. Will you do me a favor and just introduce us, introduce our listeners to But Not All At Once?
1: Absolutely. But Not All at Once is a podcast that really just seeks to hear individual women's stories. We are looking to really prove the point that A, you can do anything, but you can't do it all at once. And B, that even the person who looks like she has it the most together with the freshly made baked goods rolling into the meeting, you know, crisply pressed head to toe, has a story that would probably shock you. And it's been really humanizing, especially in the last year with kind of our physical disconnection, to find a way to connect people through being heard and seeing yourselves in other people's experiences.
0: I love it. Love the concept. Love what you've done. Take me back to the beginning, because I feel like if I remember this correctly, um you started this effort as an Instagram account, is that right?
1: That's right. I just started an Instagram account. I have four children um and seem to have a to-do list that would eat me alive if it, you know, could. And it just seemed like it never stopped and I was looking for a way to break that facade. Of, you know, how are you doing? Waving at people in the hallway, in the parking lot. I'm great. Everything's great. You're great. I'm great. We're wonderful. And, you know, for the most part, we are truly fortunate and we should be grateful and we should be thankful. And as uh, your coffee mug I just saw says, we should find joy in each day. I'm not taking away from that, but I also want people to know just because someone says, yeah, everything's great, doesn't mean it's always been great, doesn't mean it is easy. Uh, Sometimes a lot of wonderful things. Managing your blessings, if you will, is still a lot. So that was my hope. I started that Instagram account just to find a place to talk about it. And I never listened to a podcast before, actually, not not one ever. I'm still not sure how that happened. Um, and decided I made a list of women. I think on New Year's Day, like these are people I would love to take to lunch. These are people I would just love to hear from this year. And the list filled the front and back of like a business size envelope. And I thought, huh, maybe other people would want to hear these conversations too. Maybe other people would want to know these stories. And that's how the podcast came to be. And we've proven that people do want to hear your story, even if it's, you know, every every guest I've ever booked has said, I don't know. I feel like these stories I've heard on your podcast are so big and life-changing and, you know. Adoption and cancer and beating this diagnosis and moving across the world, and absolutely everyone feels that way about their own life, but there's something extraordinary in it and i I love when other people can see that, even if you maybe can't see it in yourself
0: no doubt I, I want to go back just a second and and because we're it's a podcast about podcasting here that we're talking <laughs> about so you just made the statement I heard you say this on your own show that you decided to start a podcast without mm-hmm. ever having listened to episode one of any <laughs> podcast ever.
1: It's true. And it's, um, it's interesting because I'm a very, I'm an Enneagram one. I'm a first born overachieving people pleaser. All if I can't do it well, I'm just not going to do it. I'm just going to keep to my wheelhouse. And so this was something that was not like me at all. And honestly, I think that's how I knew it was what I was supposed to be doing because it made me feel, um, it was the first unplanned spontaneous. I mean, obviously there's planning to some degree, but it was like, huh, step one, I guess I should buy a microphone where, what should, let's Google this. Let's see what we can figure out. And it felt, um, very outside of my normal process, which is give this to someone whose gifts and experiences align with those things. And, I had people that I knew who were able to sort of say, "Okay, I just started a podcast. Here's I listened to a podcast about starting a podcast." That was the first podcast I ever listened to. <laughs> By the way, if someone's taking a shot for every time we say podcast today, they're going to need to go ahead and call 911 yeah, cuz it's going to get yeah. a little heavy. Um and that was really how we just kind of cobbled it together and figured it out and I have a husband who said, "I think this is a great idea. You should ask him why." I still don't know, but (laughs) I'm really thankful for that. And then um, people who said yes, kind of sight unseen, podcast unheard, who said, sure, I'll be on this show that doesn't exist yet. And here we are.
0: One one thing that that having listened to to your show that I think you do well, that not everybody can do well, is you can bounce back and forth between conducting a graceful interview um, and you have some moments at the beginning of your show where it's just, it's, you know, fireside chat monologue mm, type thing. So, right. um, so kudos to you for being able to do that. Is is Do you have one that you feel like is is your sweet spot versus another?
1: In terms of chatting versus interviewing? In terms of that
0: style, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I, I think it's difficult for me to measure what I'm best at because I always want what I'm best at to be what people enjoy. So I don't know if people prefer to hear uh, back and forth or just me, but if, and I'm sure my parents could tell you this with great confidence, if you hand me a microphone or a silence in a conversation, I'm going to fill it. (laughs) So that, that has never been a, a struggle for me. Every substitute teacher from second grade on has known my name because no matter whom you sit me by, we, I, I will talk to them. We don't have to be friends, <laughs> so it it is, uh, it's certainly, uh, my comfort zone to just chit chat. But what I've learned, um, is how to make people feel comfortable enough in that chatting to open up about some harder things. Yep, and that's really, I think, the key is sometimes it feels a little odd to to have these heavy episodes about a terminal diagnosis for a child and you know my husband will hear me in the next room there's laughter and you don't you don't expect those moments but i think what i've learned in these interviews is that you get the whole experience no one is wholly sad or fully happy all the time that's you can be both grateful and silly and heartbroken at the same time, and you can find Gallo's humor too be to be very effective, so no doubt. we try to we try to mix it as best we can,
0: yeah, w- one of the things also that you do so well, and I think maybe this was born during uh, when you were just had the Instagram account and ha- had not yet launched the podcast, but I've seen you do it since is is these occasions or these sessions where you where you call on your audience uh, to to just kind of do better um, mm-hmm. in the way that we speak to each other. Uh, where did that, where did that come from? And, uh, and tell me what happens in your audience when you have those kind of posts and give me an example of some of the things The the great examples are, these are the things you don't say to <laughs> pregnant women or whatever, which I learned yeah. when Mary Craig was pregnant years ago, you, you can say, mm-hmm. you look great. Or how are you feeling? Those Mm -hmm. are the two things that you can say.
1: And congratulations. Yes, Always works. 100% 100 of the time. Um, So you asked where this came from. It came from being a very sensitive person. Hmm. So words of affirmation are my love language. But the flip side of that is that I can also remember words that have stung me, even Hmm. if they were probably meant. Well, that's the other thing. Sometimes I think we just say things and we don't We don't even really mean them, but I have been pregnant many a time, if you will. And I have been in a business environment, for instance, where, you know, someone has squeezed my leg to see if I was retaining water. Oh, my gosh. Um, You know, I don't I don't know that that's a thing we should be doing, (laughs) ma'am. could you please take your fingers off my calf? Um, You know, or just saying things like, wow, there's no, look at how you're walking. There's no way that you could go very long. Well, I have another 10 weeks. So like, we don't have a lot of options here, Bob. I don't, I don't know what you want me to do. I'm sorry if my gait is troubling for you to watch. So my sensitivity um, and being able to laugh about it And learn from it really spawned this kind of PSA series of just, hey, audience, tell me what's been said to you that you wish you'd never heard. And sometimes what comes up, and I know I've learned and done better, is tell me what you've said, what slipped out of your mouth that haunts you. You know, it's like midnight and you're you're drifting off and then you're like, oh no, four and a half years ago I said this at a party. And um, you know, Mary Mary Craig was a guest on my podcast. And I remembered as I was interviewing her the time that a friend was telling me her son's birth story. She was there at his birth. And I remember referring to his biological mom as his mom in that moment and wanting to reel it back in because I was speaking to his mom, his mom, capital M, full stop mom. and. I stop myself and apologize. And it's one of those moments where you know better, you know what you mean and you know where your heart is. And so I do try to give these PSAs with the feeling that like, okay, these are all, we're we're talking about all the crazies out in the world, not us. Right. But maybe we can also learn from it. So let's just pretend we're kind of othering these nutcases who are doing things like squeezing women's legs in the workplace or asking like, is it twins if it's twins, she will let you know. If if right. you need to know, right? Maybe I mean, if you will not be the person paying for college, waking at three a.m. to feed them, this information probably isn't that relevant to you. So perhaps just wait to hear what you hear. <laughs> that's what, that would be my advice. So that's been the the general plan of those PSAs.
0: It's done in 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 such a um, it's done in a, a graceful way. It's. Touch of humor, like you said, kind of gallows humor, right. touch of humor, encouragement, just a call to do better. And I think that could very easily just turn into a these long rant sessions um, with a mm-hmm. lot of judgment in there. And I'm sure there's moments where that feels like the right thing to do. Sure,
1: You don't put a microphone in front of your face in that moment. (laughs) You don't want to memorialize it.
0: Right. Yes. Right. Um, So it's the way you handle it is, is I think fantastic. Let me ask you this. When you close your eyes and picture this community that you built around your podcast and your Instagram Mm -hmm. account, um, what what are some of the things you see when you close your eyes and you picture this community?
1: So uh, it's interesting because some, sometimes, I see the stats that I can see on the back end that surprise me. For instance, people in other countries downloading. Um, and I have learned actually there's some expats who will write in and say, you know, my mom's from North Carolina and it's, it, as all Southerners do, I, I don't believe I have much of an accent, right? None of us can hear our own accent. But I, I just picture um, really good hearted listeners, men and women. And actually I'm most moved by the men who write in um, my dad, Larry, first of all, just text, text me. And the, the subtle things that he weaves into our conversation lets me know how much of these episodes he's listening to. <laughs> so um, I appreciate worse. that. But, um, but other men do write in, I think sometimes and say things like I went through a divorce and this woman's episode really spoke to me in a way that I feel like my male peers might have trouble spelling out. And that's been really encouraging to to see that kind of across genders. But mostly I see um, the, the same people that I see in my Instagram feed, just more human, the less polished people, the people who want to just talk about what actually matters. I, I love royal gossip. I love a good pair of shoes. I don't mind talking about the best drugstore dupe mascara, but You know, when it comes down to it, when we come out of lockdown, when the world picks back up again, is what connects us really going to be nonsense or is it going to be like, oh, I'm so glad we survived this together. Let's let's talk about how tough that was. Let's talk about how I felt like if I had to sit through one more kindergarten e-learning session, I was going to throw my laptop out a window. I'm pretty sure that'll be it. Pretty sure that'll be the plan.
0: I I tend to I tend to agree. (laughs) Uh, can you walk me through the the process of, of your learning? You mentioned when you started your show, like from, from the jump, like you went and bought a mic. You're like, surely you have to have a mic <laughs> <Step> <laughs> and then yep. kind of building blocks from there. So what was the learning curve or or startup process like for you?
1: Well, once that friend pointed me to the podcast about starting a podcast, I think it was maybe five or six relatively short episodes. So I listened to them and I forwarded them to my husband who, so I'm a publicist, uh, I'm a writer, I'm a word person, and Bradley is an engineer, a civil engineer with a very different brain than I do. And it's been a beautiful thing. As a couple, but it's been really great as a podcaster because there are things that I'm just hand off entirely. Like, you know what? This is too much for me. Some of the back end audio editing. Yep. Um, so I really leaned on having someone whose skill set was different than mine. And that was very helpful to have um, built in help as mm-hmm. opposed to paid help. But, and I would encourage people to, um, to Google everything. I mean, really, it exists. There are people who, certainly people who want to sell you things, but there are a lot of people who just want to even the playing field and let voices be heard that maybe wouldn't be represented otherwise. And I think that's the best part of podcasting is really with a mic and some nimble googling uh just about anybody can figure this out, so I love seeing i think um I'm a member of a podcasting group on Facebook, and there's a woman there, and this has stuck with me. She has a podcast specifically for female long haul truckers amazing I mean that is such yeah. a niche, and I bet there are women driving I don't know how long you would drive in a shift, like a twelve hour shift who are so thrilled to hear their perspective represented. On the interstate. Um, for sure. So I for love sure. that. Whatever you want to say, whatever you want to hear, put it out there.
0: I, um, I tell everybody there's an audience for everybody. Yes. The, the best example that I've seen, Long Haul Trucker is, <laughs> I, de- I mean, that's, that's a perfect example. Yeah. I, ran into, I was at a coffee shop before everything, uh, before life. And at a coffee shop and met a guy who uh, has a podcast about solo board gaming. There are board games that you can play just by yourself.
1: I don't think I knew that.
0: In, and there's a tremendous community out there. And he has a show about the games that he plays and likes to... There, There's an audience for everybody.
1: I bet, I bet that audience is growing in quarantine.
0: <laughs> no doubt.
1: I, I bet he is one of those people, like the investors in Zoom and a number of, you know, home subscription services and probably some vineyards yep. and podcasters about solo things. <laughs> yeah. Thriving. no
0: doubt and i imagine that, that I, i'm picturing as you say that a family uh, you know board game night where everybody's like uh, hey should we play this game together and everybody's like no, no i'm taking this game and going right. to my room
1: don't talk to me don't look at me
0: right right no i get that um how do you plan topics and guests what's your what's your process or is it just kind of intuitive
1: um i as we discussed about how Atypical this is for me in general. I am a planner in all senses. I can tell you, um, you know, Im- where I imagine we'll spend the holidays mm. for all of 2021 and probably early next year. <laughs> and yet the podcast schedule is very intuitive um and it varies. You know, in the beginning, I tried to rotate it through. Um, so I do some solo pep talks where, for instance, like probably the most popular is a new mom pep talk. Someone mm-hmm. just handed you a baby. Uh, you're pretty sure you're actively drowning. Why would they do, you know, like trying to hold the baby above the water and doggy paddle? Um, and this is, if I had 15 minutes to speak to you, this is what I would say. And so i tried to do a mix of pep talks, other women's stories that were encouraging, and then plenty of women's stories who that are hard. A, a diagnosis, a, um, something that we would all kind of blow off a little bit, you know, like, Oh, that's t- I can't imagine. I just can't imagine it's too much. And that's very convenient and easy to say, but when you really spend an hour with someone and listen to their story, um, you walk away better equipped to care for the people around you better equipped for whatever comes your way down the line. So I tried to mix those in. And now a lot of people pitch, um, different ideas to me, which is, which is great. So we've had, um, We had one, my actual, my 11-year-old, my oldest child is a boy, a very sports-minded boy. And I think the only episode of But Not All At Once he's ever listened to has been with a coach's wife from a little tiny team that could and essentially beat all odds this year at Coastal Carolina and, um made big news. I did not know any of those things, but Mac walked me through it and listened. And so I really try to find a blend of things that um, most people can relate to. And then, you know, sometimes we still talk about royal gossip because it's fun and you can't, you can't be serious all the time.
0: Yeah. I think that's such a good point. We do, um, as you have alluded a couple of times, we all contain multitudes. We all contain we highs and lows, um, yeah. seriousness and fluffy pop culture and all that good stuff, and so I think it's, I think it's great to just acknowledge that and be open about that and, and own it for yourself. It shows us who you are and, and what you're right. into. No doubt, you know your community resonates with that too.
1: They have, and I'm really thankful for that because it would be, uh, it would be less fun to just sit in a room and talk into a microphone and have no feedback. But I appreciate the graciousness with which they will listen to my rainbows about you know the the royal family breakup. And, um, and that they'll pretend it matters to them too, even if it doesn't.
0: Have you been on like just high alert these past two weeks? <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> I've been getting, been getting a lot like of information. And like. <laughs> it's been, it's been a lot, actually the night of the Oprah interview, um, Bradley and I cut cable back when that was a thing you could do. And now there's so many subscriptions, you might as well still have cable, but we cut it 11 years ago. And with the exception of Clemson football, I don't believe I've watched anything live with commercials i don't not even the super bowl i don't it's not for me yeah and last you know that was the super bowl for me i tried to explain it to bradley like no you you will be watching this sir (laughs) i don't know how to i don't know what your plans were but um and then, at a certain point, every device we had was vibrating with people, just and I think they were maybe sixty to ninety seconds ahead of us. Oh no, and I was like, "Stop! what are you doing? This is just too many revelations coming in, so I had to just mute everything and Fair play mode. Um, yeah <laughs> it was it was wild. It was really fun though. I'd forgotten what that collective you know, like the final episode of Friends kind of experience was for us as Americans yep. and so it was it was pretty fun to go back to that. I'm I'm sure that uh, Bradley wouldn't tell you the same story, but it was it was enjoyable for me at least. I'll
0: bet he I'll bet he enjoyed it vicariously just just <laughs> because to see you happy. I'm sure it was, it was it was
1: good. We've watched many many a stressful football game together, so I felt like you know he owed me one.
0: You recently launched a Patreon for your community. I did, and I'm curious about the thought process behind doing that and you know extending your brand if you will to, to that um uh, to that site and forum and so walk us through through uh, the Patreon setup and and yeah. what you hope to accomplish with that
1: so i very recently as in probably a week and a half ago launched Patreon as a place to um in my view really create some sustainability around the podcast mm-hmm. I have supported several other podcasts this way and realized that, A, I just enjoyed supporting them because I really look forward to their voice in my earbuds um, every week. And especially in the last year, those voices have been reassuring just to have another adult somewhere on a walk, anywhere in your car, (laughs) speaking to you. um, And I realized, well, you know, this is a way that we could both monetize and increase the amount of content that we can give listeners. So one thing that we plan to do and are working on is now that our podcast is nearing two years old, Mm -hmm. some of the stories that we've told, for instance, the very first episode, this incredibly brave woman. And I don't even mean brave because of the MS diagnosis that she is kicking to shreds. I mean, brave, because she agreed to be on a podcast sight unseen. Mm. Um, She moved across the country, fought MS doing what she calls vegan plus pizza. And everyone was drawn into her story. So captivated by it. So many people made connections, reached out to me and said they had MS and hadn't told anyone and were able to form relationships. Um, Well, she has since moved. Has a new chapter in her life, which I I enjoy following, and my hope is to bring guests like her onto Patreon and to do some follow ups to get kind of a sequel, um, some updates, allow people more direct interaction with Q and A to provide the questions they specifically want to hear from, perhaps an intuitive eating expert, or um, you know we've had several counselors come on to talk about anxiety or grief or surviving a pandemic. And to allow them more direct access so that they can be in the room at the mic, as it were. Um, that's really my hope with Patreon. And and just to have a smaller, safer community for some stories that people might want to tell in a bit more of an intimate environment. And hopefully to see each other in real life at some point. Have some yeah. live hangouts. Back when... Uh, Back when that was a thing we would do, we had planned to have a first anniversary event. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought, well, lockdown will be like two weeks. We'll kick this thing. And um, of course it'll happen. Just leave, yeah, plans for late April. It's going to be great. It was it, adorable.
0: April of what year?
1: I know. Huh. <laughs> oh, that optimism.
0: Yeah. I think it's so cool that the way that you're doing that, especially looping back around to, to guess stories that you've heard before, and, and mm. what's the next chapter? Because if you're a... Are you an avid podcast listener now? You just I
1: am, (laughs) I am. I I flipped the switch and and can't go back. Your
0: own, you're in. um, But now
1: that I have less time to listen, I'm in. I should have been listening before.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's the cruel irony.
1: Poor life choice.
0: Um. So that's that's one thing. Is you hear you hear stories and you you sort of form a connection with these people who are either Mm. being profiled or go really in depth. There's one I listen to that, that like it follows one person's story for like the entire season. And I'm like, well, where are they now? What's going on now? I'm like, I know you're so invested. Um, So I think that's really smart to, uh, to do that. Um, That's going to be, that's going to be great. I'm excited. What's one, one thing that, um, that you've learned that's either good advice or a cautionary tale for somebody who's starting on this journey of, of getting a podcast grown and a community built?
1: So I would say, um, I have very little caution to share because as we've discussed, this is just unlike me and I am, I am cautious about absolutely everything. And the most responsible little old lady from the time I was born, probably. So just creating this forced me to throw some caution to the wind. But the best advice kind of came to to me as I was talking with my husband about it initially. And we just said, you know, what's the worst that happens if you start this podcast? No no one listens. First of all, nobody knows that. It's not like there's a billboard down the street that says, hey, guys, total failure complete waste of time and just bought an expensive microphone and spent 50,000 hours on something that didn't work. No, Nobody, nobody cares. And also what I didn't know then is people, much like if you were to tell me you wrote and published a book, I, I'm not going to ask you for your stats or your revenue. I'm going to be so impressed with what you've accomplished and with the drive and the vision that you had for that I'm not waiting for the New York Times bestsellers list before I applaud you or celebrate you. Even if it's a book about, you know, long drives in a truck with, you know, you and your rest stop buddies, it's not for me. I'm still really impressed. So just um, allowing yourself to look at it as an accomplishment, to see yourself the way you would see someone else. And uh, the worst thing that happens is you learn a new skill and decide it's not for you the end.
0: Super wise. Uh, totally agree with everything you just said. Um, and, and that's fantastic. It's, it, you don't have to worry about people who don't listen to your Mm-mm. podcast, right? Because
1: they don't worry about you.
0: Yeah. Right. They don't even know you're there. <laughs> yeah, and
1: it's fine. It's not, um, it's not like you are losing out on anything, but your time. And um, really, if your heart's in it, then you're just showing the world what it means, or for me at least, showing my kids what it means to do something I care about.
0: Yeah, that's a great example too. Um, that's that's a your kids being able to see you doing things, making things, and putting things yeah. in the world is is really creating really is
1: an important it's an important thing. They actually record their own podcast now on like their Kindles. Yes, it's just them talking. Um, and it's pretty adorable.
0: <laughs> I love it. My dad, when I was growing up, had this old, and I think. Every dad from the '70s probably had one of these—these these big reel-to-reel, like, um, like tape player kind of thing. Oh, that had, yeah! Like, big, massive, like things that you could record, like old albums on and stuff like that. And we would set that thing up. It had this little tiny microphone, and we were just like, "Talk!" I don't know what we talked about, but. We wouldn't just, you
1: love to hear those tapes now though maybe maybe not <laughs> your kids might enjoy a good laugh I think
0: we're singing along to michael jackson and stuff so
1: yeah i do i do remember a uh, care bear tape recorder where i taped over debbie gibson and i was pretty sure nobody would be able to tell the difference between me and debbie gibson <laughs> and that that was inaccurate that was an inaccurate prediction sadly
0: i'm gonna spill a little uh trivia here that that as a true like dyed in the wool pop culture fan, like mm-hmm. pop music fan, yeah, um, first concert I ever attended was Debbie Gibson at the Sun Dome in Tampa, Florida.
1: I think you probably mean Deborah because she's <laughs> a me. serious uh, Broadway. She's I heard her on Serious XM the other day, and um, she has definitely grown through child stardom. So she's probably living proof that what's the worst that happens? What's the Nothing. worst? <laughs> Nothing. What's it's gonna be fine.
0: That's kind of our motto for life or right? <laughs> the worst that could happen. Exactly. Um, I think that that, that is um, a lot. You've given me just tons of your time and, and insight. And, um, just quick question. What's, yeah. what's on the horizon for But Not All at Once?
1: You know, TBD. I think we are, as with everything about this podcast, figuring it out as we go, as things change. I would have told you a year ago that 2020 and early 2021 would have been the year of in-person events and meeting folks and getting together. Um, And obviously that was not to be. So my hope is that certainly late in 2021 when it's totally safe and we can do that. I look forward to it, but I'm hopeful that it's a year of continuing to build community and to make people feel seen, uh, to grow Patreon in a way that allows us to have our guests see the impact that they can have on the community as well, because I know I get that feedback and I try to share it, but it um, it really can't be expressed adequately, the power of putting into words something that. Um, that can encourage another human, especially while we're all sort of just doggy paddling through the unknown. Everybody can
0: use a little encouragement.
1: Yes. And I think we will never turn it down. Nobody has too much. No. And so that's, um, that's what I'm hoping for is just to continue to let people know that when they make the brave thing and sit on the other side of a computer screen or a dining room table for me and share their words with folks that it, it matters and it's heard.
0: Well thank you. Uh, in my opinion what you're doing is, is really special and you do it really thank well you. and and I appreciate keep up the so great much. work. In.
1: I'm certainly going to try